0: So we see over here, also this man is defending Musa a.s. Just like Abu Bakr anhu defended the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. And in defending the Prophet of Allah, who were they putting in danger? Themselves. And this was not a small thing. This was really not a small thing. They were putting their careers on the line, their status on the line, their wealth their family, their dignity, everything on the line for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to defend the truth. And every now and then, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings about such people through whom He defends His religion and His people. You see, there was once a time when, and I've mentioned the story to you earlier also, there was a new belief that came about concerning the Qur'an. There were some people who said that the Qur'an is not the speech of Allah because Allah does not speak. They said that if you say that Allah speaks, then you're resembling Him to the creation. And there's something false because Allah does speak. He says in the Qur'an that He speaks, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ And your Lord has said, how can we deny the speech of Allah? So anyway, in denying the speech of Allah, they denied that Qur'an is also the speech of Allah. And they said Qur'an is the creation of Allah. Now this is a very problematic belief. Alright? But what happened? That this turned into a political issue. Because the Khalifa of that time, he got influenced by these beliefs. And he wanted to make sure that this belief was common amongst the masses. So he wanted, he needed the scholars to say the Qur'an is not the speech of Allah, rather it is the creation of Allah. Right? But what happened? Of course, the scholars, they refused. They said, no way. Now what happened? He started using violence against them. So some scholars have said, you know what? Our life is in danger. And when your life is in danger, you can even say a word of kufr. Isn't it so? We've learned that in the Quran. To protect one's life, a person can even utter a statement of disbelief. So this is not a statement of disbelief. Yes, it's a wrong statement, but we can say it without really intending it, just to protect our lives. So they said that, you know what? It is the creation of Allah and their lives were spared. There were some other scholars who used trickery in order to protect themselves. So they said things like, I believe that the Torah is the creation of Allah. And you see, they used their fingers. So one finger out and they said, I believe the Torah, the Injil, the Qur'an. These are the creation of Allah. So again, the Torah the Injil, the Qur'an. And as they're saying that, they're taking their fingers out. And then they said, these are the creation of Allah. But when they said these, what were they implying? Their fingers. Alright? But for the listener, it meant, okay, this man is saying Qur'an, Injil, all these books are creation of Allah. So they said, okay, past, you go, you're safe. Alright? So anyway, they use different ways to protect their lives. There were some scholars, they said that no, this is not a matter of personal safety. This is about the religion of Allah. This is about defending the religion of Allah. And when the religion of Allah, when the truth has to be defended, then you put your life on the line. And so, scholars, for example, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, he refused. He refused to say in any way that the Quran was a creation of Allah. He refused. And so he was jailed, he was publicly humiliated, he was beaten, he was tortured by people who were Muslim, he was tortured, he was abused, he was jailed for a long time, banned from teaching, you know, cut off from the rest of the people, but he refused to say any such statement that would please his oppressors. And so what happened? Eventually, the Khalifa, he died. Another Khalifa came. Things changed. Alhamdulillah, Imam Ahmad, he was out. He was freed. And this is the reason why scholars say that today the majority of the Muslims believe that Quran is indeed the speech of Allah. If Imam Ahmad was not strong and firm, the masses today would probably believe that Quran is a creation of Allah. Imagine what kind of belief we would have concerning Allah that Allah does not speak, that He does not laugh, that He does not smile, that He does not possess these attributes. Such a wrong belief concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you see how Imam Ahmad, he put his life in danger. He remained firm to uphold the truth. To uphold the truth. And this is something necessary. This is something very, very important. Many times we analyze a situation, we see that, okay, you know what, my life is in danger, my money is in danger, my security is in danger, so I can't take this risk. And that's fine. That's fine. You have the allowance to do that. But there are people who will take the risk. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant them victory. Recently, alhamdulillah, I had the privilege to meet some great women of our community. And these are women who have been standing up in the past before the new government came in the past defending the rights of muslims in different ways one of the people i met was actually a professor from uft a law professor and she is the giant behind you know this whole case that came up of defending the right of muslim women to wear niqab she's a non-muslim woman a professor law professor from uft and She is the one who persuaded you know, the lawyers and she is the one who found our sister Zunaira Ishaq to pursue this case. And you might argue, I remember at that time, that you know what, it's not a big deal. If you have to go take your niqab off, go ahead. It's not a big deal. And that's fine. It's a personal matter, right? But the whole idea is that if today a woman is being prohibited from practicing her religion, even in this way, tomorrow it will be something else. Isn't it? And the day after, it will be much worse. Isn't it so? So, look at these people who remain firm, who put their lives, their careers, literally in danger. Right? They could have been living private, comfortable lives. Nobody knew them. No news media knew them whatsoever. But they put all of that online in order to defend the right of Muslims to practice their faith freely. And from that, not just the right of Muslims, but the right of all people over here. Right. So this man similarly, he spoke up over here, defending the Prophet over here, but that was a big, big risk. It was a big risk. Majority of us, we want to practice Islam, we want to talk about Islam, as long as it's easy. As long as it's easy. The moment some risk comes, we want to take a step back. Another lady I met recently, she is an amazing woman, mashaAllah. She's pursuing her PhD in University of Georgia in um, something related to app development. And she's an app developer. And she is the lady who has made different apps for Al-Huda. And uh, the ideas that she has to make different kind of apps, to promote Quranic learning, Quranic understanding, to make Islamic knowledge more accessible and more discoverable for average Muslims. The kind of ideas she has, but she's taking it to the level of her PhD. Her entire dissertation, the case studies she's doing, the projects she's doing, are all about Quran and Hadith being more accessible and discoverable. Amazing. And she has these master students who are non-Muslims, working on these projects with her. It's amazing. You know, for us, it's like talking about Quran and Hadith is good in Al-Hudah. Right? But as soon as we're sitting in a dinner party, or we're at school, Quran? Arabic? No, no, no. I don't know a word of Arabic. Right? We want to pretend like we are, you know, disconnected from all of this just for our safety and well-being. I'm not saying don't be smart about it. Be smart about it. But realize that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you a certain position, to be somewhere, to make a change, to do da'wah, To let people know about Islam through your skills, through your knowledge, through your ability, through your status, then you must take advantage of that. You must take advantage of that. Because the way this man, Rajul Mu'min, is defending the truth in the court of Firaun, could any other person do that? No. His voice was heard because he was Min Ali Firaun. And these opportunities are not given to everybody. So if you have been given the privilege to be in a certain program, to be in a certain place, to talk about Islam, to let people know about Islam, to let people know about Quran, take advantage of that opportunity. Don't shy away. It's scary, I know. It's scary. But ask Allah for strength and take inspiration from such stories. Go ahead. Yes, in Surah Yasin also we learned about the prophets that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent two prophets, they were denied. And then Allah sent a third prophet also. But then what happened? People denied all of the prophets. And then who defended them? A man who came from the other side of the city, running. Right? So here also, similarly from the court of Firaun, a voice of reason, a voice of justice. He says, "Ya qawmi, O oh my people, لَكُمُ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمُ لَكُمْ for you, al-mulk, the dominion, sovereignty, authority, ownership, Kingship, rule, al today. Meaning today, you have power. Yes, the rule is yours. Zahirin. You are Zahirin. Plural of the word Zahir. Who is Zahir? One who is dominant, prevailing. You are Zahirin prevailing fil ardi in the land. Over the rest of the people. Meaning you are above the rest of the people. You have sovereignty, you have power. However, think about it. You just have it today. فَمَنْ سُوهُ ينصرنا, He will help us الله, From the punishment of Allah in جاءنا If it came to us. If the punishment of Allah does come to us, the threat that Musa a.s. is giving, if it does come, who's gonna protect us? قَالَ فِرْعَوْنُ Fir'aun, he couldn't resist anymore. He spoke up. He said, Ma أُرِيكُمْ I do not show you. Uri I show cum you illa except ma that which Ara I see. Meaning I'm only telling you what I believe. I'm only showing you what I see myself. Meaning in all honesty, this is what I see. Musa he is a threat to our society. And he must be stopped, he must be finished, he must be killed. Ma urikum Illa Ma Ara. I'm only telling you what I see. Wa ma and I do not guide you إِلَّا except to sabil rashad, to the way of right conduct, rectitude. Rashad from the root letters ra, dal, right? From the same root, right conduct. Firaun, we see over here, his response is somewhat mild compared to before. Right? Before he was very agitated. He was saying. Daruni, Aktul Musa, let me kill Musa. He's very angry. But then when this voice of reason comes, it speaks. Firaun is a little calm over here. Right? But he is insisting that he is right. He says, Wama Ahdi illa Sabila Was Firaun really calling to the right way? Was he really calling to the right way? No. Is killing children ever right? Is killing someone's child just because they believe in something, is that right? No. And why kill children? You understand? Why not kill the adults? Why the children? I mean, this is not right, logical in any way whatsoever. But it's amazing how he believed himself to be rightly guided. In Surah Hud, 97, Allah says, فَتَّبعُوا أَمْرَ فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَا أَمْرُ فرعون برشيد. The people followed the command of Fir'aun and the command of Fir'aun was not at all rightly guided. In Surah Taha, Ayah 79, Allah says, وَأَضَلَّ فِرْعَوْنُ قَوْمَهُ وَمَا هَدَى Fir'aun misguided his people, he did not guide them. In Surah Fatir, Ayah 8, Allah says, أَفَمَنْ زُيِّنَ لَهُ سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ فَرَآهُ حَسَنًا The person for whom his evil deeds are made beautiful, so he sees them as good. In reality they're evil, but he sees them as good. And this is exactly how Firaun was. He's committing crimes. He's saying atrocious things, but he thinks that he's being very just and fair, very reasonable. Wakala di Amana. And the man who had believed, he said. He responded. He said, Ya Kaumi, O my people, Inni the indeed I am afraid. عَلَيْكُمْ on you. Mithla similar to Yaumil Ahzab, the day of the companies. Meaning, I am afraid that you will have a fate similar to the previous people. And he calls them Ahzab, plural of the word, Hizb. And al Ahzab, the day of the various groups, what is this day referring to? The day of their demise. The day the various factions encountered the punishment of Allah for their denial. So he said, I'm afraid that you're going to meet the same result. I'm afraid you're going down the same path. Which ahzab? Mithla, similar to da'bi. The custom of. He further explains, Mithla da'bi, similar to, meaning I'm afraid that you're going to see a day that was similar to the day encountered by the past nations. You're gonna end up on the same place. And what is that? Mithla da'bi. Da'b. What does da'b mean? Da'al hamzaba. is to continuously walk. Alright? To continuously walk. And when you're walking continuously, non-stop, non-stop, then, you know, it's like you cover a distance without even realizing that you covered that distance. We don't walk as much. Alright? Let me give you another example. If you're driving constantly, Right, you have a habit. Does it ever happen that you drive out of your house, you drive out of your street, and then you are going on that typical route, right, and you get to your work, and you think, how did I get here? Does it ever happen to you? No? Because you're in the habit of driving on that same route every day, every day, non-stop, that you don't even think about it anymore. So found this, the word da'b is used for a habit, a custom, a tradition. Meaning things that are done, just because they're done, you don't even need to think about it. It just happens. Habit. So, مثل dab بقوم نوح. The people of Nuh, what happened to them? What happened to them? They denied their prophet, they were drowned. Wa'adin And also Aad. Same custom, meaning history repeated. Alright? History repeated. Ad also denied their prophet? Punished. Wa Thamud. also denied their prophet? Punished. Wall Ladina him and those who came after them, they also denied their prophet and they were punished. So what are you doing? Where are you going? You will end up repeating history. Wamallahu, and remember that Allah does not yuridu intend zulman injustice lil ibad for the servants. Allah never intends injustice for His servants, meaning He never punishes without cause. Wa ya and He says, "O oh my people, Inni akhafu, indeed I'm afraid alaykum on you, meaning against you. I'm afraid for you that what's going to happen to you on Yawm the Day of Calling." At Tanadi from the root letter is nun ya nida. What does nida mean? Nida. Call. To call someone. And tanad تَفَاعُل tanad is to call one another. To call who? One another. Mutual calling. I am afraid for you the day of calling, meaning the day when people will call out to each other for what? For help. But who will respond? Nobody. Instead, people are going to run away from each other. When a person will come to his father for help, he will call out to his father, the father will run away. When the father will call out to his son, help me, the son will run away. I'm afraid for you. What's going to happen to you on that day? He's making them fear the day of judgment. And the day of judgment is described as يَوْمَتْ Tanad, The day of mutual calling. Also, the Day of Judgment is called Yawmatt Tanad, because that is the day when people will call upon destruction for themselves. They will wish for death. They will call upon death destruction. But will it help? Not at all. People will be called for Hisab on that day. The day we will call every people with their Imam, meaning for the purpose of Hisab. In Suratul A'raf, ayah 44, We learn about how the people of Jannah will call out to the people of hell. And the people of hell will call out to the people of Jannah. And the people of A'raf will call out to the people on either side. These conversations will happen. وَنَادَى أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ أَصْحَابَ النَّارِ وَنَادَى أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ وَنَادَى أَصْحَابُ الْأَعْرَافِ رِجَالًا so this calling out will happen on the day of judgment. The word tanad also is derived from the root letters nun, dal, dal. The word is also read as tanad with a shadda on the dal. That's another recitation. And then it's from the root letters nun, dal, dal, and that means to run away. So Yomat Tanad is the day of scattering. The day of scattering, and this is very relevant over here today. You are so close together. You're sitting together. You're so united. You're together in your denial, in your oppression. But that is the day when you shall scatter away from each other. Yauma, the day when Tuwaluna, you will turn your backs. Mudubirina, fleeing. You will turn away from each other, fleeing away from each other. Malakum, you will not have min Allah against Allah min Asim any protector. You will have no one to protect you that day. The word asim from the root letter is ayim saadmim. Asim is one who defends. From the root letter is asama. And asama is basically to, to save someone or something. How? Through imsak. What is imsak? To keep something with oneself. You understand? Save someone through imsak. That you keep them with yourself and you don't let them get hurt. You don't let anybody hurt them. You protect them from any danger, any harm, any suffering. So, مَا لَكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ عاصم. No one is going to come and protect you against Allah. No one. وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهِ And whoever Allah sends astray, فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ هَادِ Then he shall have no guide. We see over here that this man is repeatedly warning his people. He's using proofs, he's using logic, he's using evidences, he's quoting history, he's quoting facts, he's confident, yet he's gentle. Then he says, وَلَقَدْ and certainly Ja'akum he came to you. Who came to you? Yusufu Yusuf alayhi salam, Min kablu before. Bilbayinati with the clear proofs. Because remember this is Firaun and his people, right? And the Bani Israel, they were living here, but where did the Bani Israel come to Egypt from? From who? Through Yusuf a.s. Right? So Yusuf a.s., remember, many years ago, he was brought into Egypt as a slave. Correct? Then he ended up in jail, in prison. Then the king had a dream. And so Yusuf a.s. came out of the prison and he held a very noble position within that society. Right? So, it was well known that Yusuf عليه السلام, his religion was different. And then his family also came and settled in Egypt. Alright? So this man is saying that, وَلَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ يُوسُفُ مِنْ قَبْلُ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ Meaning the message of Musa is not something new. It's not something that you've never heard of before. Check your own history. Look at your own records. Look at your own tradition. Don't you remember Joseph, Yusuf a.s., who lived amongst you and who believed in the oneness of Allah, spoke the same things that Musa is speaking of. He talked about the same thing that Musa is telling you about. Like for example, in Surah Yusuf, ayah 39, we learn about how Yusuf a.s. did da'wah to the people in the jail, in the prison. Right? When he said that, مُتَفَرِّقُونَ خَيْرٌ الْوَاحِدُ with Yusufaiah thirty nine, where he said that what is better? Multiple gods or just one god? Who's better? So he gave them proofs of Tawheed. But what was your reaction? Fama ziltum. Ma ziltum ma zala. What does that mean? To remain. Okay? Ma not, literally, if you break this word apart, ma means not, and ziltum to seize. You did not seize as in you continued. You remained. shakkin in doubt. You remained in doubt Mimma concerning that which Jaakumbi he brought you with. Meaning the message that Yusuf brought you. You continued to remain in doubt concerning it. So in other words, you never believed in him. Hatta until Ida Halaka when he died. Who died? Yusuf died. qultum you said yabath Allah. Allah will never send min after him Rasulan any messenger. When Yusuf a.s. was alive, living amongst you, giving you clear proofs of the oneness of Allah, did you believe in him? No, you didn't. And when he died, what did you say? You thought that Allah would never send any prophet. And look, Allah has sent you a prophet. كذلك, thus يُضِلُّ allah allah sends astray man huwa musrifun murtab the one who is musrif a transgressor murtab one who remains in raib in doubt murtab Rayaba, one who entertains raib in his heart now here the رَجُلُ mu'min is quoting is mentioning recent and relevant history before he mentioned ancient history people of nuh ad samud Right, And these were nations that were far off. But here, the al Mu'min is quoting recent and relevant history. What is he saying? That look, the message of Musa is not new. It's something that came to you before also. Through Yusuf. You lost that chance to believe in Yusuf a.s. and to benefit from him. And you thought Allah would never send another prophet to you. But Allah has sent a prophet to you. So don't lose this chance also. Don't lose this chance also. You see the statement, Hatta rasula. This statement some scholars have said that what this means is that they actually felt very sad. The people of Egypt felt very sad when Yusuf alayhi died. They felt very sad. They said that the likes of Yusuf will never come again. Because he was so different, he was so amazing. And they knew that they didn't fully take advantage of Yusuf A.S. They took advantage of his worldly knowledge, right? But they didn't take advantage of the religious knowledge that he possessed. Right? If they benefited from him concerning their worldly matters, remember the famine that happened? the seven years of drought, and before that seven years of a lot of produce, right? So Yusuf a.s. suggested to them, save your food in this way so that in the drought you are prepared. I mean, that civilization, it survived because of the strategy of Yusuf a.s. Otherwise, that Egyptian civilization would have been finished right there and then. Isn't it so? So imagine... How much they had benefited from the worldly knowledge of Yusuf A.S. And when Yusuf A.S. died, they realized that they had not taken full advantage of Prophet Yusuf. Because he had more to offer. But they doubted it. They didn't believe in his religion. So it's as if the Rajul Mu'min is saying, don't repeat your mistake again. Allah has sent you a Prophet, now take advantage and find success in this life and the next. Notice the word musrif is coming again. Why? Because this was how the people of Fir'aun were. Musrif, musrif, in so many different ways. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Everybody stand up.
1: إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ وَهَامَانَ وَقَارُونَ فَقَالُوا ساحِرٌ كَذَّابٌ فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُم بِالْحَقِّ مِنْ عِنْدِنَا قَالُوا قَتَلُوا أَبْنَاءَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ وَاسْتَحْيُوا نِسَاءَهُمْ وَمَا كَيْدُ الْكَافِرِينَ إِلَّا فِي ضَلَالِ وَقَالَ فِرْعَوْنُ ذَرُونِي أَقْتُلْ مُوسَى وَلْيَدْعُ رَبَّهِ إِنِّي أَخَافُ أَنْ يُبَدِّلَ دِينَكُمْ أَوْ أَنْ who فِي الْأَرْضِ الفساد وَقَالَ مُوسَىٰ إِنِّي عُذْتُ بِرَبِّي وَرَبِّكُمْ مِنْ كُلِّ مُتَكَبِّرٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُ بِيَوْمِ الْحِسَابِ وقال he said, من man who is a أَتَقُتُلونَ of the people of Feroon He is a believer of his وَإِنْ يَكُوا صَادِقًا يُصِبَكُمْ بَعْضُ الَّذِي يَعِدُكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي مَنْ هُوَ مُسْرِفٌ كَذَّابٌ يَا قَوْمِ لَكُمُ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمَ ظَاهِرِينَ فِي الْأَرْضِ فَمَنْ يَنْصُرُنَا مِنْ بَأْسِ اللَّهِ إِنْ جَابٍ قَالَ فِرْعَوْنُ مَا أَرِيكُمْ إِلَّا مَا أَرَى وَمَا أَهْدِيكُمْ إِلَّا سَبِيلَ الرَّشَادِ وَقَالَ الَّذِي آمَنَ يَا قَوْمِ إِنِّي أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمْ مِثْلَ يَوْمِ الْأَحْزَابِ مثل da'b قوم نوح وعاد وثمود والذين من بعدهم وما الله يريد ظلما للعباد ويا قوم اني اخاف عليكم يوم التناد يَوْمَ تُوَلُّونَ مُدْبِرِينَ مَا لَكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ عَاصِمُ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ هَادِ
0: In ayah number 34, the rajul mu'min is advising his people to take advantage of this opportunity which they have. Isn't it? Because they had The same opportunity before, a long time ago, and they did not benefit from it. And now they have another chance. But they weren't benefiting from it. And this is the reality of many people. When they have an amazing opportunity, they don't take advantage of it. Once they lose it, once it's gone, they say, if only we had taken advantage of that opportunity just like the people of Ra'un said hatta idha halaka qultum la ya'batha rasula the words la rasula is expressing their regret also that the likes of yusuf will never come again he was such an amazing man where could we find another man like him there's no way that another person like him could come they despaired but Allah gave them another opportunity. He sent Prophet Musa a.s. to them. But again, they did not benefit from that opportunity. You see, an intelligent person who is the one who lives in the present. all right, The one who doesn't dwell on the past, nor does he keep hoping for the future. right? He doesn't say, oh, I lost that chance, I lost that chance. If only I could have this chance again. No. What does he do? He lives in the present. He sees what can I do right now and he takes advantage of it. And people who are just always regretting over their past and dreaming about the future, then they just keep dreaming and they don't get anything accomplished. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ayah number 35, الَّذِينَ Those people who يُجَادِلُونَ They dispute fi آيَاتِ Concerning the verses of Allah, the signs of Allah. How? By refuting them, by finding fault in them. بِغَيْرِ sultanin Without any proof or authority, atahum It has come to them. Meaning they dispute without having any authority. They had no sultan come to them. They had no proof that came to them on the basis of which they're Disputing with the verses of Allah, they have no authority. They're just arrogantly disputing without any proof. Kabura, such people, this action of theirs, Allah says kabura. It was great. Maqtan, in anger, in the near Allah, or in hatred rather. Maqt is more hatred than anger. All right. Meaning, the hatred in the sight of Allah for such people is great their jidal is hateful and disgusting near allah and also wa the ladina amanu and also near those people who believe meaning allah hates such jidal and even the believers hate such jidal and this is a test of our iman that when we find when we come across people disputing concerning the verses of allah how By refuting them or by finding fault in them and things like that, instead of accepting they are doing jidal, they are disputing, they are resisting, then what is the state of our heart? Do we say, oh, freedom of expression, or do we say that, no, this is from Allah, and it should not be treated in this way. What is the state of our heart? Allah says, كَذَلِكَ thus يَطْبَعُ اللَّهُ Allah sets a seal ala over kulli qalb, every heart, of who? متكبر جبار, of an arrogant tyrant. Meaning the heart of every arrogant tyrant person is sealed. And the seal is a result of their jidal, of their kufr. And once the seal is there, then what does it mean? Nothing goes in. So then, no matter how clear the proofs are, the truth doesn't sink in. And that's exactly what happened with Fir'aun. And this is illustrated in the following verses. وَقَالَ فِرْعَوْنُ And Fir'aun said, يَهَمَانُ oh, Haman. Now this is an example of جِدَال في آيَاتِ اللَّهِ He said, oh, Haman, ابْنِ This is not ابْن as in son. This is a command, it's a verb. From the root that is ba Bina is construction. So here, this is a command that you construct, leave for me sarhan, a fort, a castle, a tower. Sarh, remember sarh mumarrad min qawarir? We learned in the story of Sulaiman that when the queen of Sheba came, she thought that the palace was, that the ground was covered in water. Right? But it was actually a structure that was very beautiful, made with glass. So the word sarh is actually used for a lofty structure, a castle, right, a tower, that is decorated from outside and inside, meaning it's not just a structure, but it's, it's beautiful also. It's made really well. And it's tall. It's visible from far. So he said, make a sarh for me. Why? La alī, so that I may ablugu, I reach al-asbab, the ways. Asbab, plural of the word sabab. What does sabab mean? Means, right? Sabab is actually used for a rope. Right? It's actually used for a rope because a rope is a means of getting somewhere. Right? You want to climb up a mountain, you need a rope. Through the rope, you reach the top. Right? So sabab. Then is used for a means, a means to reach something. So the word sabab is also used for, let's say, a road, a pathway. Because when you will go on that road, you will reach the destination. Alright? Sabab can also be used for a door, a gate. And this is what it's also referring to over here. Gate, because when you go in through a gate, then the gate becomes a means for you to reach a destination. So, he should make a fort for me, Oh Haman, make a fort for me so that I can reach the ways, the paths, the doors, the gateways. Which gateways? as Samawati, The asbab, the gateways, the pathways, the doors that lead into the skies. Why? فَأَطَّلِعَ So that I may look at إِلَىٰ towards Ilahi Musa, the God of Musa. Because Musa claims that he receives revelation and his God is high above. So build a fort for me so that I can go up into the skies and find those gates, find those doors, find those pathways that lead into the heavens so that I can go to the God of Musa and see Him to find out if He's really there. And he said, "Indeed, I la I surely think him, meaning Musa, to be Kadivan, to be a liar. I don't think there is actually a god up there. Musa is lying. Now, this is jidal fi This is jidal. Why did he say this? Did he actually mean it? Did he actually mean it? No, he didn't. Because everybody knows. No matter how high you go up in the sky, you will always, you know, be in space. You can't go beyond the." Can you? It's impossible. And through a fort, through a building? Impossible. There's no way you could do that. Fir'aun did this simply to mock at Musa a.s. He said this to ridicule him and to embarrass the rajulul Mu'min. Because here Rajul Mu'min, he's defending Musa a.s. He's talking about such serious matters. He's warning his people His words are so serious. And look at how Fir'aun is distracting people from the message by such laughter. وَكَذَلِكَ Allah says thus, زُيِّنَ It was beautified. لِفِرْعَوْنَ For Fir'aun, سُوء عَمَلِهِ The evil of his deeds. Meaning, he was actually doing something very evil. You know that momentum that Rajlul Mu'min had built up. Right, how he had started talking about it and how he was warning people of the Day of Judgment. And he gave them example from their history. He told them, don't lose this opportunity. And Fir'aun, he kind of destroyed everything by this cheap joke. Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ li لِفِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ His evil deed was made beautiful to him. suddah, And he was prevented عَنِ السَّبِيرُ from the right path. As a result, Fir'aun himself was prevented from the right path. Because Rajul al-Mu'min was still a believer. He didn't lose his faith. Wama kaidu فِرْعَونَ And the plot of Fir'aun was not illa except في تَبَاب in ruin. The word تَبَاب تَبَّتْ يَدَا أَبِي لَهَبٍ وَتَبَّ تب, 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 Same root. Tabab is when something reaches complete destruction. Meaning when something is completely destroyed, how and why? Due to suffering one loss after another. So it's not immediate destruction, it is step by step. Step by step. One thing after the other. And that is how Fir'aun was destroyed also. The plot of Fir'aun ultimately destroyed him. What do we see in this ayah? Firaun demanded to see Allah in order to believe in Him. Hmm? Are there people who say this today? Yeah, so it's nothing new. You know, we are like, how to respond to such a demand. You don't have to respond to such a demand. Because this response is coming from arrogance. It's not coming from genuine curiosity. It's not coming from genuine search or desire for truth. It's not coming from that. Because if a person is really eager, genuinely eager, sincerely interested in finding the truth, in knowing God, then the proofs are many, the ayat are many. You don't have to see God in order to believe in Him. And those who demanded to see God in order to believe in Him, this was pride. And this pride resulted to their own destruction. Musa as also requested to see Allah. Right? Why? Because... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose Musa alayhi salam for conversation. So Musa alayhi salam could hear his Rabb. Alright? He could hear his Rabb. He's talking to Allah. And in Hadith we learn about so many conversations that are not mentioned in the Quran. We learn them from the sunnah that happened between Musa salam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it was as if Musa alayhi salam couldn't help it. He could hear, he wanted to see Allah too. That was out of love out of greater iman. I mean, it's part of our faith. We should all desire to see Allah. This should be our greatest wish, our ultimate wish, to see Allah. This is out of iman. But Firaun, when he said this, this was out of denial and spiritual arrogance. This was out of pride. And this is why this request was never fulfilled. It was never granted.
1: Recitation. (laughs) أكم يوسف من قبل بالبينات فمازلتم في شك مما جاءكم به حتى إذا هلك قلتم لي يبعث الله من بعده رسولا. كذلك يضل الله من هو مسرف مرتاب I'll في the الله بغير the one كبر مقتا عند الله وعند الذين آمنوا. كذلك يطبع الله على كل قلب متكبر جبار، وقال فرعون يا هم نبني صرح العلي أبلغ الأسباب. اسباب السماوات فاطلع الى اله موسى وانني لا اظنه كاذبا وكذلك زين للفرعون سوء عمله وصد عن السبيل وَمَا كَيْدُ فِرْعَوْنَ إِلَّا فِي تَبَابٍ